Here's a tried and true strategy to grow your audience, authority, and bottom line that works in just about any niche. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. I'm excited for today's show because my guest is about to lay out a proven strategy to grow your online business. And on the surface, it looks pretty straightforward. Interview a bunch of influential people in your niche, collect registrations from people who want to watch those interviews, and maybe sell access to the recordings after they expire. But this virtual summit model, which has been around for years, has a lot of strategy and a lot of nuance and a lot of behind the scenes action that all has to come together to make it a hit. Today's guest made 50 grand off his first summit back in 2015 and hasn't looked back. Since then, Liam Austin from EntrepreneursHQ.com has hosted and produced 16 more virtual summits and online business networking events, hosting over 400 speakers while reaching an audience of over 100,000 people. Stick around in this episode to learn what it's going to take to create a virtual summit in your business, maybe start to see some of those results, how to set up both the summit and your business for long-term success, and the tools and technology to make your life easier in the process. Notes and links from this episode, along with the free PDF highlight reel with all of Liam's top tips from the call, are at SideHustleNation.com slash Liam, L-I-A-M, or if you're in the U.S., you can text Liam Tips to 33444, and I'll send those right over. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Liam after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. And we look at really five main benefits of hosting one of these virtual conferences for yourself. The first one being you know, growing your email list, growing your audience. The second, building a network of influencers. So inviting the top influencers in your niche to take part in your event. The third, really just establishing and growing your own authority and rapport in the marketplace with your ideal prospects. The fourth is generating revenue, making money. And the final one, fifth, is something that's I think really important that people shouldn't skip and it's about making an impact on your marketplace. So whether that's having some kind of purpose or or mission or a heart-led impact you're having on your target market so that you can really do good in the world and build that know, like, and trust factor with these ideal clients that you're attracting. And you've gone down the path of creating specific events to kind of address a really specific strategy or concern. Like I'm going to invite the world's foremost LinkedIn marketing experts, and we're going to have a summit just about that rather than going broad and saying, I'm going to have an entrepreneurial summit. Like, is that a key ingredient or like, what have you seen successful from, from either yourself or other folks doing these virtual summits? 100% mate. Yeah. It hit the nail on the head. And I think this is the, the issue with a lot of virtual conferences or virtual events that I see out there that they don't have a really strict strategy in place where they don't have an ultimate goal at the end of it. So if it's to sell your coaching program or some kind of done for you service, know exactly what that product is, who the ideal target audience is and why they're purchasing that product. And then we want to reverse engineer the funnel all the way back to the virtual event that you're creating so that we we design and craft that virtual summit to ultimately attract your ideal customer, put them through the event so that they get to know you and they feel like they can trust you and are, and are ready to, to move forward with you and your products or services. 
and then you really want to put them into the funnel that's again designed to take them and lead them through to the ultimate purchase of your high ticket offer. So I think that's the, the main thing, making sure that everything is structured in place, knowing that, okay, this is the ultimate product I want to sell. This is the, the niche, that's the target audience. I'm going to craft this event to be specifically hitting these people and, and no one else and solving their biggest problems. Okay. Do you have an example of that? I'm curious to hear what that might look like in practice. Yeah, for sure. So for instance, you mentioned the, the LinkedIn one. The LinkedIn event was the very first event that uh, we ran back in 2015. We had 15,000 people uh, register to attend that event. So 15,000 leads, right, coming into our business. And during the event itself, we made $50,000 in sales of our all-access pass, which in its primitive form, the virtual summit would sell, say, the recordings of the event. So the virtual conference runs for five days and the there might be, say, six speakers a day across five days, so 30 speakers, and each speaker's sessions might be available only for 24 hours or, or maybe 48, but then it's closed, locked away, and it's no longer accessible. So there might be some people that are wanting to purchase the recordings to watch it at their own time, at their own pace, because they weren't able to make six sessions a day across the, the five-day event. So there's the instant revenue that has been created there during the event itself. And so with the topic of the LinkedIn Success Summit, yes, we made $50,000 in selling this all-access pass, but if we were doing this strategically to really build and scale a business, we would want to have say, a done-for-you LinkedIn prospecting platform or service that would put people on a, on a recurring revenue where we would be bringing in and doing LinkedIn prospecting for people. So yes, everything that they learned during the event, they could go away and do this themselves. But ultimately, we wanted to sell them into this high-ticket offer. Now, when we did our first event, we made the mistake of not having that high ticket offer or that funnel to funnel people through. So we had 15,000 people coming to that event. And once the event was over, we had nothing to sell to them. And that's, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I see with events out there today. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're, we're doing all this work. We're putting in all this time and effort and recruiting these awesome speakers and recruiting attendees for this event. And then, yeah, you can sell them this all access pass and nobody is going to turn down 50 grand in, in revenue from that. But then it's like, now what, right? It's like, now it's kind of a, a letdown at the end. So I see what you're saying of basically reverse engineering this. Okay, here's what I believe my ideal customer would want. Like you talked about this done for you, LinkedIn marketing service, going out and recruiting a bunch of LinkedIn experts to share their tips. Like here's the DIY, share everything you need to go out and do this yourself if you would like. And if you don't, you can hire us. So kind of reverse engineer, starting with that goal in mind and then working backwards to craft this summit and and speaker role from there. Absolutely, absolutely. And and one thing that maybe I could help illustrate this would be say there's probably like three to four parts of of your virtual summit funnel that you want to make sure you're paying attention to to increase conversions at those points. So the first point is say you've got 5000 visitors to your landing page which is the the free ticket offer for your event. You want to be converting somewhere around the 60 to 75% conversion rate for that. So a lot of our best events, when we've really nailed our target audience and, and, and the program so that people are like, this is a no-brainer, I'm signing up for, for this event, we're seeing a 75% opt-in rate. 
So then you, you've got, say, 3,750 people who have opted in to this, and now you want to convert these people into all-access pass, and maybe, say, 5% of those end up purchasing, and maybe you've made $5,000, right, or $5,500 from sales of the all-access pass. If then, say, those, those 200 people that, that purchased go on and actually upgrade to your high-ticket offer, and maybe there's there's 40 of those people buying a $10,000 coaching program or done-for-you service, that's $400,000 that you could potentially be adding on the back end. So you're only making, you know, 5 to 10K off the all-access passes compared to the 400K you could be doing at the back end. And really knowing that funnel and knowing the conversion points and strategically, again, reverse engineering, that can make a massive difference in terms of the revenue generated as, as well as the profit. I love it. It's very 80-20 sales and marketing, which you can get your copy for just a penny at sidehustlenation.com slash 80-20. Love this book by Perry Marshall. And it's exactly what you're illustrating here. Like a tiny fraction of the people who had originally hit that landing page are going to make up the uh, lion's share of the results for you. So let's go back to day one. So we've got this kind of end goal in mind. What is your first step in recruiting speakers? Like, how do you get a big name person in your niche to pay attention to you if you're just starting out? Yeah, this is this is an interesting one, and you want to approach these people in the right way, right? You, that, that dream speaker that you're thinking of, that top influencer who's speaking at your event and attracting you know thousands of people to your event into your email list, ultimately, and becoming leads for you. Like, how do you get them to say yes? And really, you've only got one one chance one opportunity to get them to to say yes. If they say no, then you've lost this opportunity. And the fantastic thing and the, the most attractive, I suppose, element for people who are considering a, a virtual summit is to build this collaboration with the top influencers in their marketplace and, and to start the conversation with these top influencers to say, hey, we're in the similar market. Let's connect. Let's see how we can maybe support and help each other. And so by inviting one of these top influencers who don't know you to speak on, on your platform, it's a really attractive way to say, hey, I'm going to be giving all of this opportunity for you to speak in front of in front of my audience and speak on our stage, and I'd love for you to be a part of it. But you need to structure that approach in the right way. Ideally, you'll before you, say, attract and invite that top-level dream speaker, you want to have maybe at least a couple, maybe three speakers who have confirmed their participation. You've got the, the website, you've got the name, you've got the dates, you've got a strategic plan of how you're going to bring in the audience to your event. So if you're saying, look, there's going to be 10,000 people at this event, you want to have a really strong, solid plan to present to them to show, hey, this is going ahead and, and we're serious about this and these are the speakers that have already confirmed these are the dates and topics we're covering. So make sure you've got all of that in place, first of all. And then And this is just like these these like initial two to three people are kind of hopefully from your immediate network where you're like, I can count on these guys to come through for me. Is that where those initial people are coming from? And then you can use those names to, hey, I've already got so and so. Yeah, definitely. Like it's nice when you can get a friend or a colleague or a business partner or maybe even a past client to come on and speak at your event to get that ball rolling. Once you know the the ball's rolling, it's like a snowball effect. You start gaining momentum, you gain confidence like okay, I've got my first speakers, I've got my dates, my name, I'm 
I'm ready to rock and roll with, with this, right? So get those like low-hanging fruit, maybe existing relationships that you have to confirm that they'd love to collaborate with you on, on this project of launching this you know, amazing event into your marketplace. And then, yeah, reaching out to these bigger influencers. Hopefully you can get an introduction or if not, start giving them value. Start looking at their blog posts, where they're at on social media, start commenting and adding value to their community, into their space. And once they've maybe replied, there's maybe been a little bit of a conversation there, you can actually reach out and say, hey, I'm I'm organizing this event, would love for you to take part. And this is everything that we've got in place and the agreed speakers so far. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences, with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Any rule of thumb on how far out to begin planning? I would recommend 90 days to really make sure that you've got all the elements in place that need to be in place to have a really successful event and maximize the return on investment. I've seen events being uh, pulled together in in just a, a couple of weeks, and they really require you to have a really firm strategy have maybe prior relationships with all the speakers, speakers being able to get back to you quickly and, and confirm and record all those sessions. Or if you are hosting them live, that can be done as well. And that's something that we can definitely get into. Do you ask speakers to come prepared with their own kind of like slide deck and presentation, or is it structured more as like Q&A format? So this, again, comes down to the ultimate goal of what you want to achieve with your event. But yeah, there's there's so many options here. And with virtual summits, I mean, they've evolved rapidly over the last few years and, and no longer can you just throw up events that are, are purely 
not thought through in its entirety. So you can do pre-recorded videos, there can be live elements to it. And what does that mean? Yes, there can be presentations from the speaker, or it could be a live Q&A between the host and the speaker or a panel discussion. I'll go through maybe a few different options here. A panel discussion between four experts who are just discussing a specific topic. There might be Q&A coming from the audience itself. There might be some VIP passes that people can step up onto stage with the experts and actually ask questions and get involved in that conversation. So there's opportunities for attendees to build relationships with speakers and there's that engagement between them, which I, which I think is really nice. And all those elements can be done pre-recorded, live, but I, I like the idea of throwing in live elements to keep that engagement with your attendees, especially if you're one of the people who are moving an in-person event online and your audience is expecting you to have some kind of interaction between the, the speakers being invited as well as the attendees just networking at, at the bar, right, or me- meeting at, at different tables or networking rooms. And, and all of this can be replicated virtually as well. Right. Kind of what makes this different and better than just finding a podcast interview that this expert has done in the past and and just binging on those or kind of creating your own a la carte summit by, you know, handpicking what the other content that these experts have put out. Like, how do you make it different? How do you make it more interactive? I like that stuff. For the website itself, are you putting this on like a landing page on a dedicated domain like LinkedIn successsummit.com or are you putting it at entrepreneurshq.com slash LinkedIn? Which have you seen work better? Again, I, I hate to um, do this, but it, it really depends on your goal. If you're if you're trying to build a brand around a specific brand, maybe it's good to be on on a subdomain. And we've looked at that in the past, but most of the time, we actually like it having its own dedicated landing page. Why? But just because the idea of a virtual conference, a virtual summit, rather than say a webinar is that it's a it's an event and we've got to market it as an event this big thing this festival that's going on the top 30 influencers in our market are all collaborating to create this event they're all going to be there it's the biggest thing that's happening in our market since uh, whatever happened back in the 1990s right you you want to really market it in a way that it is this big festival that's going on And part of that is having its own domain. So when people are looking to consider to signing up for this event, it's not just a a webinar on a, on a sub page within an existing domain. This has its own website, its own domain, its own like event. You're really trying to just craft this thing to make it a really attractive offer so that you can get that 75% opt-in rate from visitor to your email list. So ultimately, if you want to build this event into an annual event, you want to bring in sponsors, you want to collaborate with the industry, with organizations, maybe it's charities, then if you can separate it from your existing brand or business, it can really grow into something much, much bigger than what you initially anticipated. Now that makes sense. And we'll get into some of the, because there's a lot of moving parts that goes into this. We'll get into some of the tools and tech to make it happen. But let's talk about driving traffic to that landing page. The traditional virtual summit model, as I understand it, is invite a bunch of famous experts with big email lists. They promote it to their audience, and then they all kind of come to your landing page and sign up, hopefully at this 60 to 70% clip. 
and they become members of your audience. Is that still how it how it goes? Yeah, that's definitely part of it, but it's not the way you should solely rely on it. And I'd like to I'd like to talk about three different sources of these collaboration traffic or partner traffic. The first one being speakers, seeing if they can share the event and and of course benefit from that in some capacity. The second is your affiliates. So that comes in different formats such as sponsors, media partners, any other community leaders that maybe want to just share this event because it's so relevant to them. How do they benefit from it? And then the third one as well is turning your existing subscribers, so people who are opting in to your event and attending the event, turning them into ambassadors for the event. So what does that mean? We want to encourage each of those three parties to share, but the biggest group of people that are going to be sharing the event is your attendees. For instance, if you have a thousand attendees, you have got a thousand potential people who can invite family member or someone from work or someone in their community that they hang out with and talk about this subject with that they think this event would be a great fit for. How do we encourage these attendees to invite these people along? Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Yeah, you, you've positioned the event as festival, something that's really attractive for people to, to attend. So it's going to be an easy sell for your attendees, but why not incentivize them to share it with their own communities? So we can give them rewards for every person that signs up to the event. And figuring out what those rewards may be, they can come from the the content being created during the summit itself. So there doesn't have to be extra work involved. And it actually is just a there's software out there. And this is why I love virtual events or virtual conferences that we can actually automate this. So we, we set it up once and then automatically every single attendee goes through a funnel that sets them up as an ambassador. They all get their own unique link to share. And whenever one of those friends of theirs that signs up to the free event via the link, they will be rewarded automatically. Okay. What kind of rewards are you giving people? This is separate from the affiliate program? Yeah, so this, so with the affiliate program, we want to be giving, say, a percentage uh, commission from any sales being made from traffic from your affiliates. But with the attendees, we want to reward them for just one person signing up for a free ticket, even if they don't buy. So what does that look like? So we generally recommend, and this is what we've, we've tested a few different times on, on various different events, is having a reward for sending four referrals, 10 referrals, and then 25 referrals. So after someone refers four people who sign up for a free ticket, they will get the top five complete audio version of the sessions during the summit. So the very top five most popular sessions from the event, they will get in audio to keep for life. At 10, they will get the audio from all 30 sessions during the event to download and keep for life. And then the final third tier reward at 25 referrals, they actually get the all access pass. And the all access pass could be what it used to be would be just the recordings, so the video, uh, maybe the audio and and some transcripts as well. But to increase your conversions of your all access pass, you really want to be adding some extra elements and dimensions to that package. That's cool. We'll talk about the all access pass pricing and how you're selling that stuff. 
but I, I really like this, you know, turning your subscribers, turning the people who signed up and turning them into ambassadors for your brand. It reminds me of what Tiffany Aliche, the budget Nista was doing several years ago with her. She had like a 30 day money challenge. And day one, step one was like, hey, this isn't going to be easy. You're going to need some accountability along the way. Step one is to recruit account- an accountability partner. And so like day one, she like doubled her audience. It's like, oh, that's genius. Everybody should be doing that. When you're signing up a speaker, are you requiring them to promote to their list, to their audience? No, absolutely not. I think what you want to do is when you're inviting a speaker is is build a relationship with them. So ultimately, you need to figure out again, you know, what is your ultimate goal for the event? What are you trying to achieve from it? And then when you're having discussions with those speakers, it's figuring out, well, what's the ultimate goal for them? What's their their biggest project that they're working on currently or over the next 12 months that you may be able to to help with or, or support in some capacity? And then uh, having that discussion about building relationships. I mean, this is a collaboration project where you're bringing together all the top influencers together to support one specific event happening in the industry and to give a ton of free value right to the marketplace so how do we engage those speakers to want to be involved wanting to share the event and really if you're positioning it all in the right way and there is a a win for the speaker if we're talking specifically about speakers then they should be wanting to promote it and be excited to be sharing this event with their community. Versus like making them sign a contract that says you will send one dedicated solo email, two social media posts, and one other promotion tactic. Yeah, it, it, that comes across really kind of sleazy, doesn't it? When when you're meeting this person for the first time, they may not know who you are and you're setting these requirements for them. I think if you're thinking long-term about this, if you're building a serious business, you want to scale this business to a million dollars plus, which is absolutely do- doable with with these combining a virtual summit with a high ticket offer and and what we teach our students, then you want to build these relationships for the long term. And I'll give you an example. So with the LinkedIn summit that we ran back in 2015, a few of those speakers we are still talking with on an at least an annual basis. Sometimes some of them every month. So we've built really strong relationships with speakers that we've had hundreds, over 400 speakers speak at our events. And and there's still some that I'm in touch with from that very first 35 speaker event. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. Ands.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. 
If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Well, let's talk about some of the technology that's running behind the scenes to make this happen that's tracking the affiliate sharing the ambassadorship the video hosting what are some of the uh, can't live without pieces of the technology puzzle here yeah sure and and this is this is exciting this is stuff that's changing almost daily there there is quite a number of moving parts to make this happen and when we ran our first one back in 2015 there was something like 12 tools that we we tied together to make it happen. And we've even added to that, uh, for instance, the, the, the viral sharing tool to turn your attendees into ambassadors. We've had to add that to the list. But there are all-in-one tools that take care of most of the heavy lifting. And by that, I'd say about 80% of the heavy lifting for you, which means that you don't have to go out there and, and create everything from scratch or upload the speaker's photo to the home page, the sales page, their speaker page, and then also maybe their session page and the agenda page as well. There's tools that will allow you to replicate that photo across all the necessary places it needs to be just to cut down on that effort of setting up the tech side of the event. And and one thing when we, we do talk about tech, if you are wanting to maximize, again, your ROI from your event, spend eight, maybe it's that 80-20 rule again, spend 80% of your time on the marketing of the event, building relationships with the, the collaborators in the event to make sure it's a success for every single stakeholder, including attendees for the event. And the tech side of things is going to be a small element just to deliver the event, but the content and the marketing is really going to come from your strategy and plan and reverse engineering the funnel to craft the ultimate lead generator for your business. Is that run through ClickFunnels or how are you doing your tech side? Yeah, so we're, we're still using WordPress, so we're still tying together a lot of tools, but we've tested and used Hey Summit, which is one of the all-in-one tools. Virtual Summit software is another. ClickFunnels is a little bit more flexible in terms of you have to still put that speaker's photo on every single one of the pages, but it helps you drag and drop and makes things a little bit more simple by the fact that it can accept payments. It does have the members area all tied in there. So there are some tools that make this process easier, but those ones that I've just mentioned don't necessarily have, aren't necessarily right for everyone. And I'll give you an example. If you want to run networking between the attendees, then there's other platforms and tools that you may want to plug in similar to the live elements. You may want to plug those in and then where you're going to host those videos as well. 
Vimeo or Wistia are going to be your options there to make sure that you can turn them private and hide them so that only people who should have access to them do. Any other recommendations on the, the tech side? Yeah, I think with the, the, that recommendation engine of turning your attendees into ambassadors, early Parrot is awesome for this. And, and this might go off on a little bit of a tangent <laughs> because I was looking for a solution for this that would be able to just handle our tens of thousands of people going through our event and be able to incentivize them in the right way so that they would be rewarded just by referring people, whether they bought something or not. And I was looking at some people on this show might have heard of The Hustle, an email newsletter, or The Skim. I get it every day. Yeah, cool, right? So you probably notice that at the top, they've got like a, a share button, and at the very bottom of every single email they send out, again, there's another button there encouraging you to, to share that email newsletter with your family, friends, colleagues, your communities, whoever, and you're being rewarded by that. And I started looking at their, their business models and realized after watching interviews, reading magazine interviews that the founders of both those companies have done that their number one marketing strategy for growing their number of email subscribers, and these both these companies have millions of email subscribers for their email newsletters, their number one strategy is turning their existing email subscribers into ambassadors to spread the word. So Early Parrot can automate all of this for you for, yes, your event, but your, if you're building an email list, this is almost an essential part for anyone with an email list to build this in to incentivize that existing subscriber to just in, invite someone they know. I love it. I saw that as one of the companies on your uh, homepage or one of these pages on Entrepreneurs HQ. I was like, what is this? Yeah, I got to check it out. That's really cool. Even if you're not doing the summit thing, like, hey, turn your subscribers into ambassadors. Here's a way, here's a way to incentivize them to do so. Liam, who are you using for email list management at this point? So we're, we're going with Infusionsoft, which has been, we've been with them since 2015. This is, comes back to almost that decision of what are we doing? Are we creating a, are we looking for the, the short-term goals or are we looking long-term and I realized that the, the real top influencers were using Infusionsoft in terms of the, the internet marketers and digital marketers that I was following back then. And I realized that if we were to be taken serious and we wanted to create an event that was taken seriously and was really seen as this event that was a festival and, and super attractive for people, we wanted to make sure that every single element of this event was professional. So the look and feel of the event but also from the tools and technology that we use. So Infusionsoft had that trust. So that's what we use currently. But when we're, we're speaking with and working with our, with our clients, most email automation platforms work, but we really do like ActiveCampaign, Drip as well. So when you're, when you're creating your funnels, whatever platform that you're currently using that has email automation and allows you to build campaigns and sequences can definitely work for your virtual events. If you're on something like Active Campaign without built-in affiliate tracking for speakers, for example, what are you layering on top of that? So if I'm a speaker at your event and I want to get commissions on all-access pass sales, how are you tracking that? Yeah, so you've got a couple of options here. If you decide to use an all-in-one platform like Hey Summit to be the front end or the engine for your event, they've got an affiliate tracking software built in to that and it can accept payments as well. 
And the other option is, say, Thrivecart. If you are accepting payments with Thrivecart, you can be tracking affiliates and their their commissions through that as well. So those would be the, the two main ones. Okay. So you mentioned the all-access pass, 50 grand in sales from just one summit several years ago. You mentioned the high-ticket offer. This could be a digital course of your own. This could be a done-for-you service. This could be coaching, any number of things, right? You mentioned sponsors for the event, which I think is an interesting channel as well. Like, hey, we're going to have 15,000 people show up. Do you want to get in front of this really targeted audience? Any other strings that you're pulling to earn revenue from these virtual events? Yeah, this, this is exciting. This is where it's, it's, this has kind of been a passion for me. I just don't know where to start with answering this, but maybe I'll, I'll rattle off a few different options from how you can actually make money directly from the event. And, and this again comes down to what is the end goal? Is it about maybe making money purely off the event? And how do we maximize the, the amount of money being generated from exclusively the event itself? Sponsors are a huge one, but sponsors come in various different shapes shapes and sizes. There can be naming rights, sponsors, category or channel sponsors where they're sponsoring just a, a certain track or, or topics within the event. There can be sponsors that are involved in, say, just being part of the email newsletters going out that are inviting the, the attendees to attend the event. Yeah, that's what I've seen recently is like you can sponsor this event for free in quotes in exchange for promoting it to your audience. And so I've seen a couple of examples of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you can do a barter arrangement with these sponsors. So maybe the naming rights sponsor, you can get a five-figure sum from. We, a number of years ago, got Vimeo when we were testing out the the sponsorship model for our events. We got Vimeo. People might know who they are. They're the competitor to YouTube as a sponsor for one of our events. And we got a five-figure sum from them for that, as well as they got the opportunity to speak on the event and we were negotiating whether they could promote the event as well. That event went so well for them in terms of the amount of return on investment they got from that ad spend sponsoring our event that they sponsored our next 12 months worth of virtual conferences. So our next four virtual summits, oh, nice. they actually sponsored that. And so we got another five-figure sum from that sponsorship. So that's kind of like at the, the bigger end of things. And then you can work your way down to, hey, different organizations or communities. Maybe it's even just a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group or an Instagram influencer who's sharing the event and you can and you can provide them with, maybe it's a mention in an email newsletter, a dedicated email, a logo on the website, or even like a virtual booth. So just like you're going to a, an in-person conference where you're walking along and there's people sitting in booths and they're all handing out pens and you can spin their chocolate wheel or whatever, exactly the same thing can be replicated online. So you can go in to individual booths and get access to things that they're giving away, which might be free copies of their book, or it might be free strategy sessions or other digital assets that they're giving away as part of that virtual booth experience for people. So you've got your speakers, you've got your networking going on, but there's also virtual booths in there as well. I like that. I like that. That's that's pretty creative. Is there a typical price point that you're putting on the all-access pass sales? Yeah, we normally look at, and this depends on whether you're targeting a, a business community or, or a consumer group, but somewhere between the $60 to $100 mark 
is the, the right offer for the initial offer. And then we like to tier the prices so that there are kind of like they're increasing over time as we get closer to the event actually occurring. So similar to what you'd get in the in-person event. But then also you can create further scarcity tactics by saying, okay, at this price point of say $60, there is only 100 tickets available. And then we jump up to $90 and then there's another 200 tickets available. So there can be scarcity factors built in in terms of the quantity as well as the, the time aspects. And do you offer this right after somebody signs up? Like, hey, thanks for registering. By the way, if you want the all-access pass to everything, grab it now for this one-time offer, 60 bucks. Yeah, I think great thing about it is that some people, they want to have access immediately. The event starts in 10 days. I can't wait that long, right? I'm in a lockdown now or I'm, I'm stuck at home with my kids right now. I, I want to access this content now. That's why I'm looking it up. So give them the option to purchase and get instant access. That is absolutely something that people should be implementing. Okay. And then just like a real conference, as you get closer, the all access can increase. And then once it's over, like, okay, this is the set price. Do you ever sell this like access to the vault after the fact? Like, hey, we did this two years ago. The content is still relevant. If you want in, you can you can buy your way in. Mate, you, you know this really well. Yeah, I think... Uh, well, I'm just, I'm just curious. Yeah, no, you, you, you should. I mean, if you're, again, depending on what your end goal is, if you're de- designing and crafting your event, when you're looking at the agenda for this, what are the topics that you want to be covered so that people ultimately convert into your high-ticket item? So once you've built up those agenda items, are they evergreen or are they specifically only relevant for a certain amount of time? If they can be designed evergreen, which means people can, it's relevant for people years from now, then absolutely, why not allow people to access this content, your, your virtual conference, at any time? So when you first release this event, it might run from September 1 to September 5. But what if someone comes in October, November, December, or even 12 months down the track, and this content is still relevant and they want to get access to it? Give them the experience of attending one of these virtual events as if it was happening for them right then and there, as opposed to a year ago when it originally was first released. Are you doing any affiliate stuff with the speakers themselves? Like if they have their own product or service that is relevant to the audience, do you affiliate link that up in the the text below the video as an additional revenue stream? Oh man, like, yeah, I, sh- I should have mentioned that with different ways to make money from, from your event. Absolutely. Like you're, you're building relationships and partnerships with these collaborators with your event. Yeah. Why not support them with their endeavors and their projects? So promote their book or their, their SaaS software or online tool by, by giving a link and promoting it on their speaker page. If they're a speaker on their, inside their virtual booth, if they've got one of those and, and maybe even post-event as well. Say, I know you're, we're doing this event in September, but you're doing a big launch in December. I'm going to support you with that in December with some, some dedicated emails. And it all comes down to, again, that, that strategy and your long-term focus for, for your business and those relationships that you've started to nurture from hosting this virtual conference. I love it. Well, you got me excited about this stuff. I haven't given it any serious thought in a few years, but maybe this is the year we make it happen. Liam, what's next for you and Entrepreneurs HQ? What's got you excited these days? Yeah, so for me, it's these, this engagement that's happening between the attendees 
so that they, there can be speed networking events for the attendees. There can be roundtable events or specific topics that or rooms that people can go in and discuss certain topics or discussions that were going on during the event. So that's been kind of m- what gets me excited. And oh, really- okay. Kind of like a dedicated Slack channel for people, like for attendees versus yeah. just be them being passive consumers of the content. Yeah, that's right. It can be a Slack channel, so it can be chat related or it can be actually video as well. So you're actually meeting with these people, you're exchanging virtual business cards. So for example, in the, the virtual networking or the virtual speed networking, you spend three minutes with 10 people across a 30-minute period. After you've speed dated, if you like, that person on the other side, you can decide whether you want to share your contact details with them. If they also have said yes to sharing their details with you, then you're a match and you both get each other's business cards and you can continue the conversation, whether they're a new client, a new business partner, or some kind of business relationship that you see happening there. You can continue that conversation post the event, which I think is really exciting. So I love that. And the other thing is working with clients. So we're seeing so many interesting people come to us now with ideas for virtual events or how they can implement a virtual conference into their business to to scale. So we're looking at partnering with certain clients. We've got an application process for that where we actually do a lot of the done-for-you services provide the strategy, do the funnel for them and help them create that combination of an ultimate virtual summit and a high ticket offer to scale their, their business to a million dollars and above. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys have the experience and the track record of having done it. So that makes a lot of sense. Once again, entrepreneurshq.com. Check Liam out over there. Check out his virtual summit guide as well. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Yeah, go go ahead and run one of these virtual conferences, but don't just go out there with a flimsy idea to throw together a virtual event. There needs to be a strategy behind it. There needs to be a really focused target goal for the event and the relationships, the opportunities, the the new you know side hustles you can be creating off the back of your event, even if you don't know what that high ticket offer is. They will all come to you based on these new relationships you've got with your your speakers, your partners, as well as the attendees. So go out there, have a big impact on your audience and do good in the world and come back and, and let me know how, how it all went. I love it. We'd love to hear your success stories from taking action on this one. Liam, thank you so much and we'll catch up with you soon. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Liam. Number one is to start with the end in mind. This is very seven habits, right? Because of the effort involved, you want to have a clearly defined outcome or goal for your virtual event. Liam emphasized the importance of knowing that up front and then reverse engineering the entire event really to steer toward that outcome. In many cases, that's a quote, high ticket offer, a high value coaching program, a done for you service package, a high end mastermind, a flagship digital product, Whatever it is, I would start with that first, and maybe you already have it, which is awesome, and then figure out, okay, who's the ideal customer for that, and then craft the summit such that it offers irresistible value to those customers. And remember, if you're selling a $1,000 product or service or more, it doesn't take a huge audience to make a meaningful impact if you're reaching the right people. So that's takeaway number one for me, to start with the end in mind. Takeaway number two is to give yourself 
the time and the headspace to map this out. This is something I always struggle with. And the thing with virtual summits is, unfortunately, it's not a strategy you can turn on today and see results from tomorrow. Liam recommended giving yourself a three-month window to produce your first summit. It might seem like a lifetime. That time is going to be spent creating the branding and the website, figuring out the tech stuff, lining up speakers, recording the sessions, creating marketing material, maybe reaching out to sponsors. There's no question. There is a lot that goes into pulling off one of these events and making it worth your while. So my advice is don't rush it. Give yourself enough time to do it well. For big projects like this, this is just personal, I tend to work best by breaking it down into smaller bites, and then I use my progress journal to stay on track. That's takeaway number two. Give yourself some time and some, probably most important, like there's some mental bandwidth to try and map this stuff out. Takeaway number three for me is to turn on the word of mouth engine. How can you turn one customer into two? How can you turn one email subscriber into two? How can you turn one summit attendee into two? I really loved this part of the call. If you've built something worth sharing, make it easy and, in Liam's argument, possibly rewarding for people to share. Early Parrot was the tool Liam mentioned to help with this, but I imagine there are some other options as well. I think this is something worth exploring whether or not you're hosting a virtual summit. In fact, I may play around with it a bit myself, especially after I rework some of the uh, welcome sequences in Active Campaign, which is one of my homework assignments for this year. That's takeaway number three. Turn on that word of mouth engine. Loved it. Once again, notes and links from this episode, along with the free PDF highlight reel with all of Liam's top tips from the call are at sidehustlenation.com slash Liam, L-I-A-M. Or if you're in the US, you can text Liam tips to 33444 and I'll send those right over. Also, one quick note, I misspoke on air that offer for Perry Marshall's 80-20 sales and marketing book. Super awesome book is a penny plus shipping at sidehustlenation.com slash 80-20. I forgot the plus shipping part during our call, which is obviously very important. But that is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where you'll learn the innovative strategy a former Side Hustle Show guest is using to land clients today. I'll see you then. Hustle on.